Well, I wonder if you were privileged enough to see the poppies at the Tower of London. I am totally gutted, actually, on reflection that I didn't make the effort to go. It's kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Even just a picture, you see the awesomeness of the amount of people, 888,246 poppies. One poppy for each British fatality in First World War. It really brings the reality of war home to us, doesn't it? I imagine standing there, you must be quite dumbstruck just staring at that image of war. However, as we gather tonight, I'm really reminded again of World War I. I'm reminded of that carol service that we see on our TVs at the moment. We're, we see it quite a lot in certain adverts, and it's been in the news as well. A hundred years ago, a moment of hope appeared out of a living hell. The next slide. As soldiers stood in their waterlogged trenches, a really vast cabin away from the Christmas that we're fed through adverts today, singing was heard rising into the air from behind enemy lines. Christmas carols. And at that moment, a sense of shared humanity was realized as the two opposing sides joined in that hymn we sang, the carol, O Come, All Ye Faithful. And we've got reports and letters from that time that speak of how after tentative words, people came out from those trenches. They disobeyed the orders of their superiors. And out of respect for each other, they allowed each other to bury their dead. There were reports that some exchanged gifts and they entertained each other with jokes and games. And in these few hours, although it didn't last, the message of Christmas was so practically displayed. A message of reconciliation and a message of peace. 700 years before Jesus, the man, the child, the God we've been singing about this evening was born. Isaiah wrote these words. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And the final one, the Prince of Peace. But we all know, don't we, that peace is actually sometimes the last thing on our mind at Christmas. Did you know that extensive research has been put into the amount of stress that Christmas produces? I did a little Google search and page after page came up for me telling me how to reduce my stress at Christmas. 
Furthermore, on average, we're told that the British family will row five times on Christmas Day. So you've got that to look forward to. Um, at 10.13 will be your first row on average, and it will peak at 12.56. So I will be setting my watch where I will be exiting for the bathroom around 12.55. <laughs> Men's stress level. This is interesting. Research has been done that showed that even the thought of shopping begins to raise their stress levels. They, uh, they monitored men. This might be confirming some stuff for some of you. They monitored their heart rate, and it showed that even thinking about Christmas shopping, they began to experience stress. <laughs> So, guys, you might have some justification now when your wife says, uh, go shopping. Next, next slide. Next slide. I like this. Let's go shopping, she said. It won't take long, she said. <laughs> There's plenty, isn't there, to rob us of peace around Christmas. The joy of Christmas can certainly be dampened with deep sadness felt over who is not there rather than who is. And we've got plenty of things that we worry about too. It might be elderly relatives or our children. It might be relationships between us and some of our other relatives or between them. Or it might be financial worries. One thing I've really experienced and witnessed being a part of this community, being a Christian, is the amazing peace that I've seen displayed in the lives of people who have faith. Even the most tragic situations, the loss of a partner, may I say, or a child, something we can barely even begin to turn our thoughts to, but felt acutely at Christmas. I witnessed these people demonstrate unnatural peace in these situations. Deep peace has been felt in something that has still continued to be deeply emotionally draining. But I'd say in each unique situation, they have all displayed a sense of peace. That despite the circumstances, they see beauty and meaning in life. In the Bible, we read these words. Don't worry about anything, but in your prayers, ask God for what you need. Always asking him with a thankful heart and God's peace, which is far beyond human understanding, will keep your hearts and minds safe in union with Christ Jesus. And that's something I've continually witnessed. I want to say there's a guy named Bob. He's not called Bob, obviously. He was diagnosed with cancer and he had extensive treatment. While he was very sick, Bob writes about this time. He says, next slide. He says, through the darker days of treatment and waiting for results, I knew his peace and strength, that's Jesus often through prayers and encouraging words from Christian friends. I was told by a friend that he felt these words from the prophet Jeremiah in the Bible were from me. But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. I was in the middle of radiotherapy and it came just at the right time. 
This was my experience through the journey that the Lord would just give me the right word at the right time to let me know that he was right there. And I've got to say that not all my friends have experienced this. Not all my friends have been healed. But time and again, they testify and their families testify to the sense of peace that they knew, that they know, no matter what the situation, that God is with them and God is for them. I heard um, an awful joke. Here it is. I'll read it to you. Vicar, I loved your sermon today. It reminded me of the peace and love of God. Really? She said enthusiastically. In what way? Well, peace, because it was completely beyond all understanding. And the love of God, because it went on forever. (laughs) It's awful, I know. The word peace, as many of you will know, is from the Hebrew shalom. It's a word that means far more than the absence of war or difficulties. It describes these things. Completeness, contentment, and friendship. Completeness, contentment, and friendship. This shalom is what the birth of Jesus means. God offers us friendship and with it completeness and contentment. At Christmas, we're reminded that he does this not through giving us stuff or taking away our difficulties or problems, but he gives us himself. Firstly, by entering our world in utter humility as a baby. And secondly, through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus continually promised his followers peace. He said, peace I leave you, not as the world does, but something better and lasting. Imagine this scene in West Quay. You might uh, be dreading this. If you're a guy, your heart's gone up already. (laughs) It's a busy Saturday before Christmas, and a toddler is lost in the crowd. Panic begins to rise in the child's chest. They don't know the way out. They don't know where they are or what to do. Now imagine, from the crowd emerges the child's father, sweeping the child up. How does that child feel now? The situation is unchanged. The child still does not know necessarily where they are, the way out, or what to do. But emotionally, the child feels peace because his father is with him. Jesus has got many names. We saw them before. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But he is also known as Emmanuel, which simply means God with us. Father with us. God with us. 
And as we reflect back on the soldiers in the trenches a hundred years ago, as they sang those carols together, we might be thinking of other wars around the world that might just pause for a moment on Christmas Day to honour the Prince of Peace. But we stand somewhat helplessly. And sometimes we might think, what can I do? But I came across this. It was written by the suffragettes who wrote a letter of peace to the women of Germany and Austria in that First World War. And they wrote it under this heading, On Earth Peace, Goodwill Towards Men. And the Christmas message sounds like mockery to a world at war. But those of us who wished and still wish for peace may surely offer a solemn greeting to such of you who feel as we do. At times we may feel helpless, but as Christians we are called to be peacemakers, to pray for peace globally and closer to home, even if that is indeed in our own families on Christmas Day at (laughs) 12.56. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He has given himself, his shalom to us, Emmanuel, God with us, at the greatest cost. Born to die. We live with the reality that although peace may be as fleeting as a few hours on a frosty Christmas morning a hundred years ago, that peace may be the last thing on our minds this Christmas. We have Jesus, a greater need, reconciliation with our creator, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. We have his shalom. It is available to us who ask him for it. Jesus came into the world at a very difficult time for me. It was a point in my life when things were not going how I'd planned them. And I felt utterly devastated. I'd heard things about Jesus. Others had told me how it impacted their life. But I wasn't really sure. I'd sat through some really boring church services. I'd picked up the Bible and I'd put it down again pretty fast. But one night, alone, I took a chance... I investigated for myself. I simply said, God, if you are there, help me. And his presence was immediately felt in the room. I felt amazing love flow through my body, from the tips of my toes to the top of my head. And from that moment... Church was no longer quite so boring, (laughs) but the Bible was now a bestseller for me. I had something else that couldn't touch the situation I was in. 
I had shalom, God with me. And perhaps you've sat through some boring services, this might be one of them, and the Bible seems pretty dull. But can I encourage you to take some time in the new year to start a little bit differently? As a church, along with lots of churches in Southampton, we'll be running something called an Alpha course. Something else there. It's a free course with absolutely no pressure. It's simply a chance to find out more, ask questions, and most importantly, it's just space to discover for yourself if this promise of shalom is true. This free course is for any age group, any background. You may have been to church all your life, but you're still, like I was, just not quite sure about Jesus. Or you might never go. This might be the thing that you do at Christmas or the first time you've ever been in a church. You might be thinking this is a load of rubbish. But whatever your experience, can I encourage you to have a go this new year and investigate for yourself if this shalom is real. Each week there will be food, a short talk, and when it's over, a chance for you to chat or listen, contribute, say I don't agree, I don't agree with that, that's rubbish, or that was good, that was a great point. Whatever you think, it's a chance to explore. If you like more information about this Alpha course, I will be just at the back afterwards. There's a table. I can give you some leaflets about it. You can sign up for more information if you want to. And I've also got a little booklet that will tell you a little bit more about Christmas, maybe a bit of bedtime reading.